0: This is Clothes Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion. Hi, I'm Lori from Last.com. And I'm Helena from GrailDay.com, And we just met for the first time,
1: if you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. We've been doing this podcast together for almost two years now, but... We live on opposite sides of the continent. Um, Lori's in Toronto and I live near Los Angeles. So we've only ever talked through Skype and mostly on the podcast, you've heard most of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, So
0: I had a week off of work last month and I decided to head to California. My poor husband was gonna be busy at work and I had some time so I thought, well, I'm gonna go and warm up from winter, but also it was a good excuse to finally meet you, Helena. And, oh my goodness,
1: didn't we have a fabulous day of fabric shopping? It was such a fun day. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll tell you all about it coming up. And we'll also get the chance to talk about the ready-to-wear fast. Uh, Lori and I have both pledged not to buy any clothes this year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll check in with each other to see how that's going and how it's affecting what we sew. And we'll hear from Emily, another ready-to-wear faster. And she bravely join the fast with only a tiny bit of sewing experience yeah that's really very impressive
0: uh, and we'll also be hearing from Barbara Amodei. she'll be weighing in on the need for speed in sewing and fast fashion so all of that is happening on this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast so Helena I am still I think my face is still hurting from smiling after our day together in Los Angeles in the Fabric District. That was so much fun.
1: It really was. I very rarely get to Fabric Shop with someone that is as excited about
0: Fabric Shopping <laughs> as me. I hear you. Yep, absolutely. It's yeah? usually somebody, i.e. a significant other, sitting in the corner looking at his phone. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're tolerating it is what I usually get to shop with is people that are tolerating my my obsession. That was that was really fun. And it was fun to get to go to Mood, which um I have been to Mood before, and it's such a big beautiful place. I mean, they just carry such a breadth of apparel fabric, and I know last time I was there, the first time, first and last time I was there uh, before you. Uh, I was there for two hours, and I felt super cheated, but I didn't want to make my family wait any longer. (laughs) And this time, it was just like, we could go in and spend as much time as we wanted, and... Every time we found something great, we could share it with each other, which was totally the best part. Yeah, it was
0: really neat to, to find out. I mean, it, not that it was a surprise, but to find out we, we share really, really similar tastes in colors and the types of fabrics that we want to sew, um, which is probably why I was such a fan of your blog even before we met. I just love your style. And so, um, yeah, so that was interesting. It turns out that you and I both really love blues
2: mm-hmm. and
0: hot pink and blush mm-hmm. pink. So we both mm-hmm. bought – so what did we end up buying together? We we practically bought all the same fabric. You would pull something out, and I'd go, that's amazing. I've got to have some, too. And then I'd pull something out, and you'd go, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. And it was hard not to buy everything, too. Um, I think what we got the same was the blush jersey, rayon jersey. And yeah. it is this really beautiful quality – and um, what are you planning on making with yours?
0: Well, I just bought a, a brand new pattern from Jennifer Lauren Handmade, the Ostara top. And it just mm-hmm. came out, I think she just released it like two days ago. Uh, and it's, it's basically just a fitted long sleeve t-shirt with a bit of gathering at the sort of um, almost a sweetheart shaped neckline. And I just thought that's going to be the perfect thing to layer under just about anything, especially in a beautiful blush pink color. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm just taping my PDF together now.
1: Well, we are going to have matching shirts because <laughs> I was also thinking that I would make a fairly basic t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt. I think that would be really versatile. It would really fit into my wardrobe yeah, yeah. and, but I have been like, you know, how you take your fabric home, you pet it, you look through your patterns and I keep trying to find something more unique. Mm-hmm. then a long sleeve t-shirt, but then I really am coming back to the fact that I need it. So yep. that that is related to that ready to wear fast that we can't just go out and buy a t-shirt at this juncture, so we have to think more strategically about our wardrobes. so mm-hmm. so that's what that's gonna that's gonna be for me too. I haven't decided if I'm gonna try the plantain or if I'm going to um, use one of my four patterns for that
0: right well i've sewn a few plantains uh so this is uh-huh. the deer and doe free uh t-shirt pattern long sleeve short sleeve and it's got a slightly swing style to it so it it uh, uh is roomy around the middle and the hips um yeah. and i i love it i'm actually wearing one right now and yeah i'm quite <laughs> quite pleased with that pattern and it will definitely be a, a tnt for me the only thing i find with that pattern is that if you're really looking for something um You know, when you have a silhouette where, say, on the bottom you've got some wide culottes or a a flared skirt and you need something quite fitted, the the slight swing shape of the plantain I find is not that appropriate. Or, for example, I also um, tried to wear it underneath uh, a Blackwood cardigan from Helen's Closet. Very, Mm -hmm. very slim line cardigan, uh, uh, rather fitted, and I just found it, it felt a little slightly too bulky underneath that style of cardigans because of the swing shape. So that's the only
1: caveat I'd say about that, but it's a wonderful pattern. So yeah. Well, I really like the neckline. So that might be something where I can use the neckline and then uh, overlay another pattern and, and kind of shape the body in a different way, which I do quite often
0: Makes sense, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: it's easy yeah. to adjust that shape for sure.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the one of my favorite things uh, about our day uh, hanging out together is when we were finally spent. I actually don't even think we were spent. It was just that the fabric shops closed. They, had they closed. They, <laughs> they kicked our asses out of there. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that that last shop we went into, I think it was like five to five and we went running in. Don't close yet. Don't close yet. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah, that, that was a lot of fun watching you in that store because that was the one where you climbed up on a ladder, a very precarious one. And you were digging around and you know, the bolts up up high and you pulled out. Wow. You pulled out some gems. In fact, I'm looking at a gem that you just made from some of the fabric we found there. So I have to describe for our listeners. Uh, Helena and I are Skyping, and she's in her sewing room. And on her on her dress form in the background is a beautiful navy stretch-bonded leather jacket. And it's gorgeous. We both bought this Thank fabric. You. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yes. that was, that was
0: yes. great. So. Super excited. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that with that leather, but um, I'm looking at your jacket and just drooling. So
1: <laughs> maybe and I'll copy. matching one. Exactly, exactly. That'd be great. Uh, it, it is a really tricky fabric to sew uh-huh. because it has that stretch, and it just shows everything. So um, I did some extra top stitching so that uh, I could control the fabric better because it was tricky. I felt, as I was sewing it together, I'm like, oh. I better warn Lori about this because because I didn't I didn't think about that. It yeah. was just it was blue and it was leather and I just had to have it. So I didn't I didn't uh, think ahead on that how how to sew that. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. Well, thanks for
0: the tip. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, and actually, but what I was going to say, my favorite part was okay. So after we were spent, after we got kicked out of the fabric stores, uh, yeah. we went back to the little apartment that I had rented in in Los Angeles for a glass of wine and then we were like... Mm -hmm kids after halloween going through our loot bags of fabric together over a glass only it was even better because we had glasses of wine we're old enough to have I wine know, now. way better yes <laughs> and then it, we realized it was late you know it was like i don't know it was seven or eight o'clock it's like oh well we should probably have dinner or something and uh, we had picked up some donuts from the lunch shop that we went to i'm like how would you feel about just having donuts for dinner and you were like oh yeah <laughs> and i
1: thought it was okay. like you read my mind yeah, yeah no yeah, that, that was that awesome. was the perfect thing yeah.
0: And what was really great was that you and I just chatted like we were old friends, which I guess in a way we are because we've been friends since we started doing this podcast together. So that's coming up on two years now. But yeah. um, meeting in person was just like, yeah, great. Here she is, you know? And
1: uh, yeah. then my, the conversation I'm getting:
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. exactly. It was so much fun. That was. That was great. So uh, yeah, everyone should come to LA and hang out with us. <laughs> and likewise if anyone wants
0: to is coming to Toronto please get in touch and let me know and I'd be happy to go fabric shopping with you or at least point you to to where to go check things out so yeah that's one thing I love about this sewing community is people will do that and I have uh, I have met a couple of people who I only knew from online presences whether Instagram or or blogging and they get in touch and say hey let's go for coffee and it's wonderful and I find that every single time that happens even if you haven't met the person before, we chat like old friends because we have this shared passion uh, for me, whether it's knitting or, or sewing, and we just, off we go. And, we you know, 90 minutes later, we look up and we're like, oh, that time's flying.
1: Yeah, that is, it is really, I think, because our hobby is so solitary mm-hmm. uh, that just when you find a kindred spirit, it's so unique and special. That sounds lame. That sounds very cheesy, but, uh, but it is special. No, it, totally totally is. True. it
0: really is true.
1: Yep. So yep. yeah, that, it was an amazing day. So, um, you are going to pattern review weekend, right? Because it
0: is up yeah, there. it's not far from me. It's in Stratford, Ontario, uh, which is uh, a small town or small city, but it's well known for the Stratford Festival, which is a festival of theatre. Uh, so cool. it's really high quality uh, theatres around there. And it's on, when is it? June 1st and 2nd, I think it is?
1: Yeah, some beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And have you decided yet, Helena, whether you'll be joining us? It is sold out. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, we got to try to pull some strings for you, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should Should call we'll, in some we'll favors some or something. Anybody out there can pull some
0: strings for Helena? We <laughs> got to get her here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, you come anyway, and I'll sneak you in under my swing-style plantain shirt, and no one will notice you're there. Perfect.
1: No, no, no one will even notice. I am small, not at all. I am five nine. I am giant. Okay. Oh dear. Oh. Okay, but that's well- going to be another situation where you're going to just be in your element with with people that you can just chat with and 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 be old friends with that you meet for the first time. Yeah. In fact, uh, someone who we've, well, a couple of people who we've interviewed on this
0: podcast are going to be there. So Dawn from Two On, Two Off, who lives in Alaska, uh, is coming Um. out for that. And so I look forward to meeting her in person. And of course, Jillian from... Crafting a Rainbow is one of the presenters. She's going to be talking about taking better photographs. And we've been in touch via Instagram chat and getting excited about that. And uh, the ladies from the Love to Sew podcast, uh, Helen of Helen's Closet and Caroline from Blackbird Fabrics are going to be there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be neat to, to meet all these people that you really feel like you know them from reading their mm-hmm. blogs and listening to them on podcasts. So it'll be nice to meet them in person. Yeah, that is going to be very fun, very mm-hmm. fun. So, Helena, how is your ready-to-wear fast going so far anyway? What, what, uh, we're on day, well, we're sort of two and a half months into it or so now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how's, how are things going for you with that? Oh, and maybe just to recap and for our listeners, uh, the ready-to-wear fast was something that we pledged to join up with. It's, uh, it's an actual uh, sort of challenge run by Sarah of Goodbye Valentino. Mm-hmm. And yes. we've pledged to not buy any ready-to-wear clothes at all for 2018. So if we want something or we need something, we're going to have to sew it. Right,
1: right. So has that been for you? Yeah, that, that's been easy so far. Uh, what I noticed I do is I just don't shop for fun. So that change in my habits, I think is actually a really, a really good thing. It's a really positive change, uh, except for my poor daughters were kind of in some threadbare (laughs) clothes. (laughs) I noticed the other day, I'm like, oh, you poor things. Um, but I think taking that, saving that time from just mindless shopping and I haven't even been shopping online because I don't want to add anything else to my sewing. You know, mm-hmm. my sewing list is so long right now that if I, I can't even put anything else on there because uh, it's, it's getting overwhelming at this point. Yeah. And yeah. So Sometimes I, you I, just
0: don't need any more inspiration. I know what you
1: mean. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm full up. So uh, in that way, I've like we gained this time that I'm not shopping and I am putting that into some other stuff like sewing. Actually, I've, I've been able to do quite a bit of sewing and, um, and then we also had a family emergency that, <laughs> that distracted me for like a month. So that, that was, that was made it easier for me. But, um, how, but everything's okay with the family now, right? Yes, yes, yes. Good. That's, that's resolved. Um, Good to know. but it was, uh, it was quite a distraction (laughs) from like everything but um how's it been going for you lori yeah i find the
0: same thing you know i I have i've had a notion here and there to buy clothes and one thing that the fast has made me realize and i think i knew this before simply that i would use shopping as a bit of a stress reliever and i work Mm -hmm. downtown and so i'm right next to one of the largest shopping centers uh in Toronto. And so, and I have to go right next to that shopping center to get into the subway to go home. So, if I'd had a long day or I was tired from teaching or whatever it was, sometimes instead of going straight to the subway, I'd go into the mall and I'd just kind of walk around like a robot and go, "Yes, must buy something." And then it it sort of felt good to complete the mission, so to speak, even though I didn't mm-hmm. really have a specific mission other than I'm going to wander in here and see if there's anything that I like. So, I I, that made me realize that that's how I was using shopping. and I, I you know I can there's all kinds of other ways that I can relieve stress. I can relieve stress by knitting. I can relieve stress by hanging out with my husband, playing with my cats, going for a walk, you know, so that's been yeah. good. Um, and it also made me realize that that style of shopping is the worst for building a wardrobe. like not having a mission, you know, oh, not, yeah. not knowing what it is you need, you know, not having taken the time to sort of look in your wardrobe and really think about, what where the holes are and then being very specific about when you go shopping uh, to, you know, okay, I definitely need something in this color and it has to fulfill these functions and, I, you know, that sort of thing. So, and I would just go and buy, it was always statement pieces because I'm really attracted to things that are a bit unusual. And so that usually means some kind of really cool print or a beautiful color or a strange, you know, a slightly unusual shape or style. So I wound up with a closet full of nothing but statement pieces, for the most part, that, that made dressing in the morning extremely difficult, right? Yeah, and, so are you going to have to sew some basics to go with it? Is that yeah. your plan now? In fact, I have been sewing mostly basics since the beginning nice. of the year. Yeah, lots of t-shirts in solid colors. I mean, this, one, <laughs> this one's still fuchsia, so, you know, there's still like a vibrant color in it but it's solid so I'm proud of myself yeah Uh, yeah so um, and but I haven't really missed shopping the other day I was convinced I needed a new pair of black jeans I wear black jeans all the time and I only have two pairs And Mm -hmm. I put on a little bit of weight over the past couple months because, you know, maybe too many donuts. Um, (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, that's it. I'm just going to have to break the fast and go buy black jeans because there's no way I'm taking the time to go find the right denim. And I haven't sewn jeans before. And, you know, it would be like months probably before I had a new pair. But then I realized, you know what? No, I don't really need them. I mean, spring is coming up. I'm going to stop wearing black jeans soon enough. I'll mm-hmm. get by with a little bit of discomfort in my tight jeans or maybe I'll start working out again that might be I know yeah It isn't the worst thing when your pants are tight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think having the added you know pressure if you will the pressure that we've put on ourselves by agreeing to the challenge of like really like do I really want to break that promise to myself for some you like the the reason for wanting to get something has to be really good to want to break the pledge, right? And right. so I realize yeah. that most reasons aren't very good reasons that I yeah. would have used last, you know, last year
1: to buy clothes. It's not really good enough anymore, right? So yeah, yeah, I agree. It does. It just kind of gives you another, like, a pause uh, that you can think through mm-hmm. your purchases that would be just second nature. And black jeans seem so, so justified. I mean, you need <laughs> black jeans. <laughs> it's true I uh, i had um a thought about jeans also i wanted to try the boyfriend jeans trend mm-hmm. because um also my pants are tight and i was just thinking how nice would it be to just have those kind of roomier pants and i'm trying this new silhouette where i'm wearing snugger things on the top mm-hmm. um And just kind of changing that up a little bit. And I would really like some boyfriend jeans. And in the past, what I would have done is I would have got maybe a a pair from Old Navy or something inexpensive like that and tried them out and, and, you know, slid them into my wardrobe and saw if if I reached for them enough or if I had things to wear with them or whatever. And... What I think I need to do, it's like that pause again, is I need to, to imagine and just think through the possibilities in my head,
0: mm-hmm. giving
1: myself the pause and saying, do I have anything to wear with those? Yeah. Because making jeans is no joke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. There are a lot of skills that you, you have to, you know, culminates your sewing skills quite a bit with the top stitching and the fly and the, uh, you know, the interfacing and uh, the fit, obviously the fit Uh is a huge Uh one. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, trying a new trend is absolutely not worth breaking the fast for me, right? but I do have to think through things differently and try a new skill set of, uh, using my prefrontal cortex, (laughs) not just fire that
0: old thing up again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah for but me, you know what? Huh? It,
0: it is challenging because I do find that challenging to imagine those things, to imagine, okay, well, if I had boyfriend jeans, what would it look like with the things in my closet? And, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a bit of a, a challenging thing to do. And um, I've been reading and you've been going through it too, the Curated Closet book by Anushka Reese.
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I think it's really great. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. been really helpful. And one of the things that she recommends in this, it's a bit of a reevaluate your wardrobe, define your style, figure out what it is you really need and want, and then just buy good high quality pieces is kind of the overall philosophy. But one of the things she recommends in the book is go shopping, but don't buy anything like go into, say, a department store change room, and grab everything that you think could work and then try it all on and take photographs. So that that, for me, would be more helpful um, than the imagination because the prefrontal <laughs> cortex is maybe not working so well. but um, but then there's also for us, if you're on a fast, you know that could be a bit tempting, too. So I haven't tried that yet, but it's not a bad idea if you're if you're really trying to figure out what will work or if you're willing to put in, say, the the effort to sew something so complex like boyfriend jeans, you can go to the change room, try it on and take some pictures and kind of
1: sleep on it and think about it and then decide. Yeah, I think I think I might do that. I just had been shying away from going into any stores again because of putting more things on my list. And yeah, so, yeah, you. there's that that push and pull. Like those boyfriend jeans, maybe they're the missing piece. <laughs> Aren't we always looking for the missing piece? <laughs> the and missing then when link. I, yeah, when I have those, I'm going to be stylish, put together. I'm not going to wear my jammies all day anymore, like I do. <laughs> It's going to be life changing, right? Uh, yeah, that there's a pause there that I need to be more more conscious of, and 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 this should help. I think this this is helping. It's helping. It is helping me. Mm-hmm. So the,
0: the ready to wear fast. So it's it's kind of affected our sewing habits, I think, because we're talking about you know being more mindful about choosing what what we're going to sew, and also. Having maybe I put air quotes around having to sew more basics. I know you and I are not so big on sewing basics. I was always like, you know, I would much rather sew something (laughs) exciting (laughs) and weird and different and unusual than just sew plain t shirts. But I've kind of come to appreciate the sewing of the plain t shirt. You know, they're pretty quick sews and then I'm getting lots of wear out of them. Right. um, Which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about. is it affecting your wardrobe, like not being able to buy anything and only being able to sew things? And let's face it, you can only sew so many things in a year. You know, I don't know how many garments you tend to churn out, but I maybe sew one or two things in a month, depending on the month. Yeah. So that translates into not too many things over the course of a year that you can add to your wardrobe, right?
1: Yeah, I I also sew very, very, very slowly because I... Um, I think I've talked in the podcast about what a perfectionist I've become with my sewing, which is um, a shock to me and all who know me. Because in the rest of my life, I'm just like, ah, it's good enough. It's great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, for for trying. But man, in the sewing, I just um, have been stepping up my game a lot, and and things are taking a long time. It's also. Another chance to reflect on that, but because I was doing the curated closet, I had already started on the the cleaning out of the closet, which mm-hmm. she recommends, and then I put on my blog how I took pictures of my outfits uh, that I wore for a couple weeks to see what I reach for, what I feel comfortable in, what looks good together because pictures are they don't lie. That's mm-hmm. that's a whole different. <laughs> ball game you you can imagine what you're you think that you look like and then you see those pictures and you're like, oh really? Okay, well that's <laughs> it's illuminating. So um I had started giving things away and one thing that I found really challenging, I don't know how you feel about this, is giving away things you've sewn. I really hadn't done much of that before. And this last purge I really had to pry my fingers off some of those things <laughs> that I am not wearing. I'm not wearing yeah. them and somebody might enjoy. So I I did donate them. How yeah. have you done with that? I, I totally can understand that. A lot of people feel that
0: way. You've put your your creativity and your energy and your time and work and your, you know, your learning into the garments Mm -hmm. you've made, right? So it is hard to get rid of them. Um, But I have actually been ruthless about cleaning out my closet and there are some garments I've made. I mean, I could probably post them in the show notes. Like two summers ago, I made a romper. I mean, a romper. I I know that they got popular. And they're <laughs> cute on many people. But I, I knew I was never going to wear a romper. I'm like, I am so not going to wear a romper. But I decided to so anyway, I sewed it out of quilting cotton, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes that can work out well. But this mm-hmm. one happened to be a sort of lilac color, which was in my books was kind of pretty little girlish looking. Mm-hmm. And it had a print, which I thought was kind of badass. It was sort of Badass little girl. It was little bottles of poison with little skull and crossbones on it. I remember um, that printed one. Printed yeah. all over that. Mm-hmm. I turned that into a romper. And I look at those pictures now and I'm going like, who was I even joking with that I thought, <laughs> that I, thought I should sew that? <laughs> so uh, things like that I don't have any trouble getting rid of. I think that there's some 15-year-old out there that will find that in the secondhand shop and go, look, this is the coolest Store, thing. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also think of a lot of the garments I've made as just a part of the learning process. Yeah. Some of them really weren't that good or I hurried through them or I didn't really understand a technique that well. So, you know, no big deal getting rid of those. I kind of salute them as thank you for helping me figure this all out. And off you go to maybe somebody else's wardrobe.
1: Yeah. That's that's a really good way of thinking about it because I have a ton of those for sure. I mean, I feel like honestly because I've gotten so um perfectionistic uh I feel like the first time I sew anything is just a muslin even if I've put a ton of time and effort into it it's not going to be perfect the first time and so uh I have to I have to look at it with like giving myself some grace Mm -hmm. that I'm learning I'm learning how to put that pattern together I just sometimes I'm just like really Helena you can't put that zipper in come on Let's, let's. <laughs> now that's a really good point. Give yourself
0: some some leeway, you know, it, it's true. And for me, it's a deliberate choice. I never use scrap fabric to muslin something. I, I probably will get there at some point. I mean, when I decide to make jeans, I'm gonna muslin them for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm just gonna try this, and if it works great, if it doesn't work, great. You know, I don't buy any fabric that's outrageously expensive anyway, you know, so it's not like I'm ruining precious fabric that cost me an arm and a leg. But mm-hmm. I just, I'm just like, I'm just cutting into it. Let's just do this. Um, for the most part, I get lucky. <laughs> but knowing that I choose not to to uh, test things out with a toile or a muslin ahead of time is just sort of, that helps me to just
1: know that it might be something that I need to donate at the end of the process. So. Oh that's a good idea that it that is good. I also don't muslin, but that's just because i'm I'm such a slow sewer. If I muslin everything i I would never get anything done <laughs> i I can't even imagine so i I don't muslin. I also don't have a ton of uh, fitting changes that I need to make, so I know right. that that's that can be that can be such a a big like such an it's such an important part of sewing yeah the fit. And getting that fit right, that if you need to muslin, that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm just one of those lucky people that doesn't have a lot of fitting issues with many patterns. So, yeah. So that just means that I can get away without muslining a lot. And yeah. I also love to sew with knits, which are totally forgiving on fit. So, uh, that's you know, true. that's, you know, 80% of the things I sew are knit. Yeah. Um, let's talk about consumption. And what insights have you had about how we, as a society, shop for clothes after being on the ready-to-wear fast? I mean, it's only been a couple of months, but have you had any thoughts on that?
1: I have, just thinking about my my kids' clothes. I feel like I buy, uh, mostly I buy, I can tell when I'm buying quality and when I'm going to keep something for a, a while. So that's really clear. With the girls, though... Um, man, I can buy some things and it wash it two times and it gets pilled up. And I just feel such crushing guilt that, um, this is going, this is not going to be stand the test of time and who made this and, you know, where's the quality and where's the, the fabric coming from? Like, because there's all the, the, um, the questionable practices on manufacturing of the fabric. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I I have been thinking about it in my own wardrobe for the past couple years. And so the Ready to Wear Fast hasn't been uh, a big eye-opener in that way. And But for the girls, now I can kind of change my perspective on their clothes. And what I am worried that I'm going to start doing is making all their clothes. Because... <laughs> I don't feel good about the stuff that I can't find quality stuff. There's not great options for finding great quality kids clothes and, and they're going to grow out of it so soon Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, it hurts my heart to spend, you know, $50 on a pair of pants for them. But in the same breath, I'm like, I don't want to buy fast fashion for them either. Yeah. that's
0: That's a tough one, isn't it? And yeah. especially when they're very particular, no doubt, about oh, styles gosh.
1: and wanting to so, wear the same things that their their peers are wearing, yes. and those kinds of things, right? Yes, yes. So, so that's that's where this new perspective is forming for me, and it's it's exciting to think about. I think.
0: Yeah. This um, for me the fast. And, I, and again, like you, it's something I have been thinking about for yeah. several years, even before doing this fast. But I just we've, we've lost our collective minds when it comes to buying clothes as a society. Um, <laughs> really. I mean, we have yeah. gone insane as far as I'm concerned. The rate at which we buy new clothes, the rate at which we donate them. And, um, you know, let's get real about donating. Sometimes we feel good about doing that. But the fact is that most... Places that accept donations, you know, the Goodwills and the uh, Salvation Armies and the op shops and so on, are overrun. They cannot even handle the amount of clothes that are coming in through their doors Mm -hmm. uh, because people are buying clothes, wearing them once, getting rid of them, uh, or even, and I've been guilty of this too, buying clothes, putting it in the closet with the tags still on, and then finally realizing, yeah, I didn't love that enough anyway, and I'm never going to wear that, and you donate it, the tags are still on it, Yes. right? So um, Mm -hmm. it's it's not good enough to say, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about it because I'll just donate it and someone else will use it. It. What's happening is they just can't even handle the capacity of the donations that are coming in. So then they get um, shipped off to developing countries. Uh, and same thing, they're inundated with donations. And it- they ended up getting burned at the end because nobody needs them, wants them. And so they're just being burned. Uh, and again, environmental issues around burning clothes oh, wow. ab- and mm-hmm. that, you know, that affects the, the developing nations more than it affects us. The landfills here in our own, um, in our own countries are, are just filled with, uh, with textiles, uh, yeah. which is a real drag. A lot of places do not have textile recycling, mm-hmm. um, my my municipality here, it recycles almost everything. It's very good. You know, there's very little waste that we actually throw out. We even have like green composting and everything gets recycled, but not textiles. That's the one thing that doesn't.
3: Oh.
0: Um, but one tip for listeners, H&M, fast fashion giant that they I are. <laughs> they do have a program for you can bring back bags of used clothes and Hot tip, I bring them bags full of fabric scraps from sewing. Yeah. They're not even intact clothes, because they will apparently, the program involves them uh, sorting through it, and they'll donate things that are still usable, and they'll recycle textiles that are no longer good enough, but can be recycled into other things like padding for car seats and you know various other ways that scrap textiles are used. So yeah, so for any of you out there that are wondering like, oh my gosh, I'm throwing out all these scraps? in the garbage you can just put them in a bag and next time you go to your your corner H&M store
1: because yes there's knows one they're on every everywhere. corner <laughs> exactly you can just drop the bags off there yeah that's a great tip actually um i give my scraps to my girls and then they they make things with them so they make doll clothes and they make they just practice their their little sewing skills so yeah. i haven't used that but that is a really good tip Yeah, yeah.
0: Even for, like, serger scraps and things that can't actually be reused, you know, I would stuff all those in a bag. So, yeah, but that's a good idea, too, if they're still usable, you know, to donate them to a school or a community center
1: that might need them. Or mm. Yeah, I've done that in the past with ribbon um, because I used to be a ribbon hoarder. And then I... Uh, put an ad on, to sell on craigslist and the lady who came to get them and she's like oh i'm using it for a school project this is going to be great and i'm like oh oh well then don't give me any money like that's oh nice yeah i'm really i'm really glad that the school can use them and so uh that worked out good it's sometimes it's hard to connect with those kind of charities yeah. that need them right when they want them they don't want to just you know, have to store that kind of stuff. Yeah, they so, don't have space for it, right? Right, you know right. Thinking? So, so th- yeah. that was a lucky break that that I got to do that one time. Yeah.
0: Well you know what? It'll be it'll be interesting for you and I to connect about the Ready to Wear Fast. Talk to us again in the fall when we're like, okay, right. we're like yeah. eight Getting or nine months in, that mm-hmm. might be we'll we'll see how we go then. But in the meantime, you spoke with a fellow Ready to Wear Faster. So people who have pledged to be in this fast were all in a Facebook group together. And there's one We'll call her a superstar of our she Facebook is. group, Emily She's amazing. Samoya. She's learning how to sew as she is doing this fast, which is incredible. And you, yeah. you spoke with Emily, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, she told me that her sister has talked her into joining this ready to wear fast, and she didn't know how to sew really beforehand. So she <laughs> is learning. And she lives in Wisconsin where it is very cold. And so the stuff that she makes has to be practical. It's not like she can just kind of hobble something together and, and wear it out. So I was so impressed with just her jumping in and then asking for help so much in, um, in getting the discussion going in our Facebook group. She's just been so much fun. So let's hear from her.
2: I, I am Emily Samayoa. I just started sewing in November. I got a hand-me-down sewing machine from one of the sweet old ladies at church. I just asked if anybody had one I could start learning on or borrow for a few months and she said, Hey, I have one in my basement I'm not using here. It was so dirty. It was disgusting. But I learned how to clean my machine. I learned how to thread my machine all by myself. It's fantastic. Now I can do anything. Um so, yeah, I just started sewing, in my sisters, I have two wonderful sisters that are pretty stubborn and bossy, and they said, Emily, you need to do this, I'm like, okay, I don't even really know what it means, I don't know what RTW stands for, so it stood for ready to wear, which I still didn't know what that even meant, so then I was like, fine, I'll do it, I actually ended up signing up before they did, so then they had to do it. Yeah, so now I am trying to make my own clothes all year if I need clothes, which I do need clothes because I had a baby a little over a year ago. My body looks nothing like it did before. So I was a personal trainer for about seven years, and now I'm a stay-at-home mom or home economist, my husband likes to say. So if I want to make clothes, I have to figure out how to do it. I made my husband some lounge pants that are flannel. They don't have pockets and they've already ripped in the crotch. Yay. So I have some learning to do. Um, I made my daughter a pair of pants to go over her leotard for dance. She ripped those, um, at the waist cause she didn't, There are a tie in the front. She didn't untie them. So I have a lot to learn about what fabrics to use. Apparently, um, I have learned that there's a lot more fabric out there that I didn't know existed so far. I'm like, what? I don't even know what that is. I learned last week that poly is short for polyester. Didn't know that one either. <laughs> it was one of those like aha moments is great. Um, I made two long sleeve shirts for myself, but I did not realize that it had to be um, a mirror image for the sleeves. So one sleeve on each shirt is backwards, but nobody knows, and that's fine. <laughs> My sisters actually know what they're doing, so I just FaceTime them and say, I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't know how to do this, and they walk me through it, and then I can look semi-decent. And that's what I really like about this group as well. It says that everybody's from all over the world, so somebody is awake at all times. So if my sisters are unavailable, somebody else is available to help me and answer my questions and help walk me through what I need to do next. So I, I like to plan and then do, but I don't even know how to start planning. So I've heard this word capsule. <laughs> I was thinking of creating a capsule wardrobe. So I'm a stay-at-home mom, and most of the times I just wear yoga pants or sweatpants and long-sleeve shirts in the winter because I. You don't go out much except to the grocery store. And everybody looks terrible because it's so cold. It doesn't matter. Um, But I also play the organ for churches. So I have to dress up once a week for about, you know, two hours of time. So um, I would like to start with that, creating a capsule wardrobe to actually look good once in a while (laughs) on Sundays. So I made a couple of circle skirts. And a red tank top. And so far, that's all I've got in my capsule, and I haven't actually planned the rest of it. So that's what I'm working on next. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm working on the capsule, and then I work out a lot. And a lot of my workout clothes don't fit because I'm still about 15 to 20 pounds heavier than I was before. And my body has changed a lot since having a baby. So um, I'm working on some athletic wear as well, which is not easy to get something to fit properly so that it doesn't rip because it's too tight. (laughs) But it can't be too loose that it gets snagged on, like, the weights and stuff when I'm moving around. So... I've made one tank, and it is loosey-goosey, and uh, it doesn't cover everything that should be covered. (laughs) I can do anything I want to do if I try and have an open mind ready to learn. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I listened to one of your podcasts, and I'm excited to listen to all the rest. So now I'm going to go find the fitness wear one, and it's going to be great.
1: So Emily is going to try her hand at sewing workout clothes, which I wish her luck with. That is going to be like, it's easy because, uh, you're working with knits. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a bit of leeway there, but there are some challenges that she's gonna, she's gonna face. And I'm sure we'll hear all about it in our, in our Facebook group. It's going to be fun to see her journey. Yeah, maybe we'll
0: we'll try to keep listeners updated on how Emily's doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and we also promised you that you'd hear from Barbara Imodi today. So why don't we hear what's got Barbara's fabric in a knot? In this episode, Barbara weighs in on speedy sewing, fast fashion, and she questions whether we should bother sewing
3: every little thing right down to our underwear. Here's Barbara. I had one of those moments just after Christmas where I went shopping with a six and an eight-year-old. We ended up at Zara's where I bought two fast fashion tops. It's not something I usually do and that's not somewhere that I usually shop. But they were so cheap. They were written down. They were ten dollars. They were long tunic tops to wear with leggings. I did resist the one that the girls wanted me to get, which was a pink one that had pink fake fur pockets. And I'll give you a little uh, shopping tip here. When the people you're shopping with start to chant, as in, Babsy, do it, do it, do it. If they chant, you probably shouldn't buy it. Chanting is your giveaway. So... I got these tops and I took them home and I thought to myself, why am I killing myself making every little single thing that I wear right down to my tie-dye underwear? Yes, I do have tie-dye fabric that I sewed into underwear. Um, and the same little shoppers will say to me sometimes, Babsy, show us your underwear, show us your it's tie dyed. we love tie-dye. But anyway, that's another story. So I took these tops home and I thought, I spend hours looking at new patterns. I'm very much into indie patterns right now so I'm online a lot looking at patterns. I spend the hours I don't spend doing that looking at fabrics particularly knit fabrics right now because I've discovered a whole universe of home-based or small knit fabric uh, suppliers particularly ones that uh, do strike-offs they do their own designs so Pre-orders. I've gotten all caught up in this whole other world. And I thought, that takes me a lot of time and often a lot of money. And why am I doing this when I have can get these $10 tops? Well, I have to tell you, I haven't worn those tops hardly at all. These are the reasons. One, one of them has kind of some machine embroidery on it, semi-tasteful. And when I wear it, I think it looks cheap. Machine embroidery often does look cheap. It looks cheap and the fabric is stiff and I don't feel like myself. I feel that it was something I have borrowed from somebody else's life. It's not my life. The other one I don't wear because it turns out to have, of course, that's why it was $10, a lot of polyester in it. And I get so hot, like uncomfortably hot, like I'm wrapped myself in uh, glad wrap hot. And so they're just not comfortable. So the the charge of the money I've saved has, has really disappeared for me and it's very tempting and I am somebody who will buy my groceries at the superstore in Canada and they have Joe Fresh which actually has a, a Fifth Avenue store in New York which I thought is interesting because it's in there, uh, neck between a pharmacy and organic milk in my grocery store and I sometimes I, th- I just pick up a t-shirt or something when I'm in there but the fabric is cheap, and I wash it twice, and the uh, knit is usually cut sort of crooked on the bolt, so it twists and it shrinks, and it becomes a-, a dusting rag that I would use if I dusted. it. It becomes schmata in the original word, which is schmata, which is kind of like junky stuff. I've been to New York enough to be able to talk like that. So fast fashion is very deceptive and questions you have to ask yourself are if i'm saving time what am i saving time to do i'm saving it for my hobbies well my hobby is sewing so i think we've kind of canceled that one out the other one is i'm standing there first world person that i am with my organic milk and you know yet another hair product that i'm trying in the lineup with a a cheap t-shirt that was probably made by some child chained to a sewing machine in Bangladesh where the ceiling was about to fall down. It's not really that ethical. And I am distancing myself from how things are made. And I am ignoring the price of the labor, where when I make it for myself, I appreciate that, you know, good things take effort, and I'd have to say that I also teach university in a whole, I mean, I have to have somewhere to wear these clothes, let's face it. So, I teach university, and often my students will sort of, they want the fast answer to everything. One thing I teach is writing, and just trying to persuade people to edit and they'd rather let it flow and hand it in whereas actually you know famous writing teachers like William Sittner said you know your writing is a, is a good in proportion to what you cut out and the idea that you actually get something better by practicing and and working at it, it's really important i read just last week Of this whole advice about do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, the article I read, um, New York Times, said, actually, that's nonsense. And I would agree that's nonsense. Um, You know, having talked to a lot of students, the most important thing is to do what you are, you know, if you're efficient. But also, I think the whole idea that you develop a craft and you get so good at it so when you do it you think oh my god this is so good you know i think that's really important and fast fashion uh, really separates you from that so that's something that i think we need to consider and we need to think of the price of convenience you, we all do it sometimes so i mean who has put up your hands i can't see it in the podcast but i feel it um You know, you're hungry, you're starved, you've been at a meeting, it's too late, it was a stressful meeting, it didn't go well, and you drive through McDonald's to make yourself feel better. You know you eat those french fries before you get home, because everybody eats those french fries before they get home. Why? Because they taste great for five minutes, and then as they get cold, they taste terrible, and that's what fast fashion is. So... I think that if you sew your own clothes, you are experiencing both the process and the product. And when I buy something, I rob myself of that moment where you try something on and you go into the bathroom and you look in the bathroom mirror and you think, oh my God, this looks good. I am so good. Uh, And Maybe that happens once out of ten times, but it's worth it. And that is such... It's just such a fantastic feeling that you can be in control of making yourself beautiful or comfortable or cheerful uh, or happy. Uh, Why would you deprive yourself of any opportunity to have that experience? So maybe you don't have as many clothes, but you also remain attached longer to things that you have made because you are wearing both the process and a hundred decisions at the same time. The other thing that I want to talk about is my friend Trudy. Trudy and I have sewing days together where we sew on a Saturday and we organize our food. Trudy and I are both big eaters, so we have have breakfast together, we have 10 o'clock snacks, we have a big lunch, we have a 4 o'clock snack... And then we call it a day. And in between, we do a lot of sewing. And Trudy is the fastest sewer you can imagine. She surges everything. And in a typical sewing day, she can make herself like two tops and three dresses. I am not kidding. And that's her process. And she does the whole thing while she talks, which is amazing. And she always sews knits. And she tends to sew patterns that she knows well. Um, and she often says, oh, it's okay, nobody notices. That Nobody will notice. That's part of her process. And I feel so slow. In the same time, I will maybe sew a pair of, you know, stretch woven pants but won't hem them and maybe the binding on a neckline. And that's all right because I'm a slower person than she is so I actually get to do things at my own pace and I think that that experiment or the experience of sewing and saying I'm going to do it at my speed Uh, when I teach sewing I have some people who tear right through like I taught one person who actually was a world champion curler and she was she just like poured through the stuff she didn't she didn't have a lot of quality control going on but she had so much joy and so much kind of celebration of what she made it was wonderful and then i have people who will pin and they measure an eighth of an inch you know in a t-shirt like if i say ah so that a quarter of an inch they will come to me and say it's a quarter of an inch but you know is maybe it's a little eighth of an inch shirt or sixteenth of an inch shirt or here and you know that's their process you get to there's nobody supervising you when you sew for yourself and so you can sew as slow or as fast as you want so i think that fast fashion is seductive because it is fast it is cheap it's usually in the wrong color it's usually in a fabric that doesn't breathe it will be too short too long too wide too same and most of all it will accept it will reflect someone else's decision of who you are and i don't think we should uh go there all right so uh, let us know what you think of fast fashion, but today that's what I'm thinking. Thanks
1: So Barbara made such good points that I have also thought when I go to the store and I look at these t shirts that I can buy for sometimes eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Why am I bothering to sew these things mm-hmm. and it goes back to you know we don't like to sew basics and and things like that, but she makes some really good points. That um, you know the fabric isn't isn't right, the color isn't right. There's something with the fit that isn't right. I mean, there is always something yeah. with these things that we pick up, and there's the thoughts that go with it, like, what am, what am I contributing to with my money right now? So exactly um,
0: the niggling guilt about you know, if I'm only paying eight bucks for this t-shirt, and we all know as sewers how much work goes into making even oh. a basic garment like a t-shirt Yeah. so who's not getting paid enough and what conditions are these being made under and uh, um, someone somewhere paid for your clothes basically that's right. is, is that's the bottom right. line when it comes to fast fashion right yeah Barbara always nails things doesn't she she always yes. hits it right on the head and always makes us giggle at the same time too I'm picturing her in the store with her grandchildren chanting at her <laughs> to buy <laughs> that's awesome And her tip that, you know, generally speaking, if someone's chanting at you, that's probably a good idea not to buy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a a warning sign for certain. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The other day I saw um, a denim jacket in the Uniqlo, I think, or Mm -hmm. something. I haven't been in that store before, but it was the first time I had seen it. There was a denim jacket for $30 in the window of the store, and that made me crazy. There mm-hmm. is so much stitching. There is yeah. so much work. That was, and denim, cotton denim is expensive fabric. Mm-hmm. So when you minus the cost of the materials through that, $30, I, I can't imagine what the, the workers are being paid, the the seamstresses. And yeah. that, that just really was an example of, because we, I have made a denim jacket mm-hmm. and we know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, can you just know, see, the skill required, you know? It's not even the skill. Of course, they're so skilled and they do really beautiful work. But that is a lot of time, mm-hmm. and when you break that down how much they got paid for that, that that is not not right. I'm not yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. So, so yeah. yeah.
0: So yet another reason we can feel good about ourselves as sewers, right? <laughs> We're putting in our so, own work yeah. for our own, uh, our own clothes, and at some point Helena will probably have to do an episode on uh, finding sustainably produced fabric too, because I that's know. a that's a whole other discussion, which requires you know a lot of. Uh, research and figuring out where to where to best source these things Uh, because fabric doesn't usually come with labels I mean I'm lucky if at most of the fabric stores I shop at they even know what the heck it's made of right so you know it doesn't really tell you much about the origin or what's in it and uh, yeah so that's that's a whole other thing we'll save that for for a future episode
1: okay that will be fun that'll be fun discussion
0: so it's been really fun to talk to you again, Helena. and yeah, uh, yeah hope to you know, we're gonna we're gonna pull some strings about PR weekend
1: <laughs> It would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I know that everyone there is gonna have a great time. They have some really cool things planned, actually, and I would love to go to that part of the continent I've never yeah. been. So that would be exciting. I would love for you to
0: come. So one day we'll make it happen for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing we have to do, of course, is go out and about in our matching wardrobes because we've got all the same (laughs) fabric and we (laughs) seem to want to be sewing the same things out of them. So
1: (laughs) yeah, we could be twinsies.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll have to do that sometime. All right. Well, great. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Clothes Making Mavens again. And uh, we hope to chat with you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Lori. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening.